0: I always remember this comic book, Nathan Never, where on the cover page you see a satellite falling from the sky. Does HomePort have something to do with it, Luca? Yes! Oh, well, that's good. Let's hear about it in the blockchain from the block. And welcome to the 17th episode of this... Awesome, awesome, awesome podcast about uh, blockchain. And we're going to talk about satellites. And blockchain. Which I have no... And? And blockchain. And blockchain, of course. But I have no idea about uh, what you can do with satellites and blockchain. How do you connect the two? We talked a little about, the, about HomePort in the the episode, but look can you give us more context about what this team does?
1: Sure. Absolutely. I mean, Homeport is basically a project that started as a kind of an enthusiasm project from a couple of people that are deeply involved in the satellite industry. So basically, they were working for space agencies, either ESA, NASA, or different kinds. So one of the things that they realized is that majority of the current systems that handle the data from the satellites is centralized and going through one or like a couple of major players. So basically, if you want to grab data from the satellites, you need to go through them. There's a lot of initiatives from different kinds. You have Flonas. you have a lot, of, a lot of things to trying to kind of open this up. But one of the things that they wanted to do is create a decentralized ground station network architecture that will capture the data from the satellites and sell them uh, in a data marketplace.
0: So that sounds all good and f- fancy, but what do you, why do you need blockchain for this? Isn't there a platform already that basically makes all this possible. Of
1: course it is. But again, it is centralized. Mm-hmm. It means that it goes through one, two, three, four, five nodes. Mm-hmm. So satellites are a specific they're they're like cars, but they're just in space and you know they collect
0: cars satellites in space. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and they collect data. And they beam the data back down to the to, to Earth. So you need to have ground stations that collect this data using different kind of technology, different kind of frequencies, so basically this little bit democratizes who can actually access the data, access data or actually become a relay for the data. So if I have a ground station that I use one portion of the time, then the, all of the unused time can be used then to kind of relay the data for someone else.
0: Basically using for, the resources that are already there. Exactly.
1: And it can be done for, you know, someone who doesn't have tons of money, like a student research project or a university research project or stuff like this. Satellites are expensive because you need to shoot things in space. Um, like a James Bond villain! You can yeah. shoot things in
0: space! Things in like space, that or...
1: exactly. Really? With lasers, no.
0: can <laughs> uh-huh. laser beams.
1: So yeah, uh, basically this is their attempt to kind of utilize the technology in uh, where it actually makes sense in a specific proper way.
0: Awesome. Yeah. As a satellite expert, of course, you can give us all the details, or should we ask them? I think I'm not a satellite expert. <laughs> let, <laughs> let, let's ask the team then uh, from HomePort to tell us a little bit more about what they're doing with uh, satellites and blockchain. Lucas. so you mentioned, as far as HomePort goes, um, a guy named Zdravko. So who is Zdravko?
1: Uh, so Zdravko in Zdravko Dmitrov, the, the CEO, is a super interesting guy. So basically, he's not technical, but he's technical. But he spent the last. What does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding. So he is basically uh, he's so long working in the industry that he kind of learned all of the technical ins ins and outs that uh, he understands them deeply from the core you know, from the inside out. But he is unable to you know build them. He can observe. He can help. He can. Synchronized. So, I mean, he's been in the space technology sector since 2012. Basically, he was focusing on mission design, phase execution, funding mechanisms for small satellite missions, mostly CubeSats, for example, uh, research of novel applications using nanosatellite platforms, B2B relations, so basically a non-technical lead for um, CubeSat. A guy who is, for some reason, which is not hard to grasp. Super passionate about satellites, space industry, and I, I can even imagine how it happened. I mean, I think everybody, you know, every person alive at certain point wanted to be an astronaut when he was a he was a kid. And then for most of us, we basically <laughs> kind of grow out of it. He grew kind of constantly with this. So instead
0: of going to space, he's bringing space back to us.
1: Exactly. So yeah, Zdravko, Zdravko is going to explain a couple of things. First, why would you need and mix satellites with blockchain? Why is it important to decentralize ground stations or marketplaces that sell data as ground stations? Why, 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 why? And a couple of things just to understand, blockchain is an infrastructure that relies on other infrastructure, just like the internet relies on other infrastructure so without electricity there is no internet without internet there is no blockchain and this is one of the things that satellites bring you and this is redundancy so if you rely on a network that is controlled by a single entity this is econ and this is in the hands of one big country which will not be named here you basically rely on them so at certain points you need to build a redundant uh, network which a lot of companies are trying to do right now for example Elon Musk with this SpaceX he's trying to shoot billions and gazillions of satellites and building uh, a network um, trying to become a global telecommunications operator Facebook had their own i don't know flying drones something Google had their own flying balloons open internet initiative to bring the gospel of Google to the all backwaters of the world so this is what of the efforts. And this is not the first and it's not going to be the last uh, attempt. I think Blockstream was the first one that beams something in space and basically did the first space blockchain. So let's
0: listen to Zdravko. Hello, hello. Can you tell us the story behind your project? Why satellite data of all things?
2: Well, I'm uh, basically a member of the SatMoon Initiative, which is a Bulgarian space technology nonprofit profit organization. And essentially, we've gathered a pretty good team of engineers, uh, mostly aerospace engineers, physics engineers, software engineers, people who are generally interested in space technology, so that we can, you know, develop like some innovative stuff, make space probes, things like that. Things that are not necessarily commercially applicable. Essentially, we started with a simple CubeSat mission. CubeSats are these really small satellites, cube-shaped, as the name implies, which are fairly simple to build. That's something that we, we wanted to uh, begin with. And basically, each satellite has a ground element. The satellite is a space element, so that is essentially what you have up there in space. And the ground element is what you have down here, the infrastructure that supports the satellite's operations. It receives the data from it. Uh, via radio signal, processing the data, and so forth. That's the so-called ground element, the ground segment. And basically we, we thought of you know maybe the more creative, more flexible way of getting the data from our satellite and commanding it so that uh, we can have more windows to download this data. And we figured out we could use a network of ground stations uh, not just to build their own ground station, but to often to get in touch with similar ground station operators across the globe, form something like a network, and then use that to download our data. And then we devised this concept about uh, having such a network, except uh, why not make it uh, like have more options on it, like allow people to transact the data and somehow interact in uh, more diverse ways, so we thought maybe we could see if this could be a decentralized network that nobody has to essentially control, that the users can control themselves, and we developed this concept for a ground station network to receive satellite data and to put that on a blockchain, so that's how essentially we put this as a concept, but since uh, it was not particularly the focus of the work in the initiative, we decided to spin this project off and make it something separate, and that's how we began to work on it.
0: For those of us who don't know, I'm sure there's a lot of them. How big is the global market for satellite data? Are there any expectations for it in the near future?
2: The thing is that uh, satellites, uh, a lot of people find them pretty cool, but very few actually understand what a satellite is and what it does. It's basically a, it's a data vehicle. You could call it that way. It's a machine that basically orbits the planet, or it just flies in space. It may not be necessarily in their orbit it's a machine that flies in space and collects data so If it collects data, then the question comes that all that data should be given back to us so that we can, uh, you know, use it in a meaningful way. Whether it's uh, satellite images that we use in uh, agriculture to improve uh, management, whether it's something that is used to track climate change, the effects of that, damage for hurricanes or uh, calamities or something like that, it doesn't matter. It all comes from satellites and we need to get it somehow. Uh, Essentially, this, particularly the satellite imaging market, has grown quite a lot in recent years and uh, this means that we have more and more data that we need to receive uh, however the options are not particularly flexible so if we have a network that is essentially uh, allows for a more flexible interaction between the companies that operate this data the companies that basically operate the satellites and uh, entities or individual users who can receive this data You could formulate a more different environment, a more flexible, larger environment to get this data. That is going to allow much quicker dissemination of this data. It's going to make it cheaper to disseminate this data. it's Essentially, it's going to make the whole usage and distribution of satellite data much more streamlined, and it's going to involve a lot more users. So that's basically the idea of HomePoint. It's it's to create this network that does not rely on a centralized architecture, which is what you have for the most part right now. You have companies that build such stations, but they control the stations, they control your access to them uh, to an extent, uh, and you depend on that company and its policies. Whereas when you have a network, you just depend on whatever station on the network you want to negotiate with. So there's a lot more flexibility in that.
0: How is blockchain helping your project?
2: The most useful aspect of the blockchain in this project is that it enables the direct uh, interaction between the parties that are involved by also enabling trust. That is through smart contracts primarily. And essentially that allows the creation of a quicker and more easily verifiable way for uh, parties to transact without having to commit into these like long drawn out uh, paper contracts that may not be particularly flexible. Essentially, that's the most suitable element of the blockchain for this project, and that's one of the, essentially, key cornerstone of, uh, of how the blockchain solves a problem. It enables direct interaction between satellite operators and the station operators, allows direct monetization by removing basically intermediaries, so the, the transaction itself is in a way fairer and allows bigger monetization, particularly in the, the proprietary frequencies. But when it comes to the privacy and the ownership of data, basically Homeport is not entirely blockchain based. The key, the core element, the critical element of Homeport is the smart contract and the ability to the ability to basically allow parties to interact between each other and to transact value. Whereas the storage of data is still um, The way we see it, for now, it's going to be kept on our traditional cloud storage, although for the future, we have some ideas on how to mitigate that and how to put that on a more functional layer as well. So
0: what's next up for your project?
2: Uh, well, we plan to uh, have the full fully functional version launched by the end of the year, which is going to involve satellite operators and proprietary ground station operators, apart from um, amateur stations, which are basically free for use. So they're, they're more across the, uh, the free spectrum. But proprietary ground stations, priority frequency ground stations, and satellite operators are going to be on once the full version launches and those are the main clients basically satellite operators will have a new type of uh, a new type of network to use as opposed to the, the fixed more like uh, a bit more rigid ground station as a service uh, which is what exists now whereas um, by means of this um, the software client being uh, essentially free to, to download ground station operators will have a uh, stimulus to you know, join in. New stations can basically become part of the network. Individual users who may be willing to invest into building a small professional station and licensing and may also be part of this. So basically, those are the two principal users, user groups that, that are going to find use of Homeport and hopefully become the basis of a an entirely new way of how we get our data from space, which considering how much our space infrastructure is going to expand in the coming years, is something that is going to be quite important.
0: And that was all we need to know about satellites and blockchain, hopefully, at least until we send uh, Luca to space. which. Should be soon. Yes, please. Oh, God. Anyways, thank you for listening to this out of space episode of uh, Blockchain from the Block. Uh, As we mentioned a lot of times, uh, send your reviews on iTunes and also to suggest this podcast to your friends or colleagues. Uh, We'll be in touch till next time from Blockchain from the Block.
1: reviews. They're super important. Why? Because of two things. First one, it brings us up in the iTunes charter, so more people can hear about blockchain, Eastern Europe, the Balkans, and DLTs. Because it gives, it doesn't feel like, you know, we're speaking to no one. You know, you need to speak back a little bit. So let me do this. I will send 100 eternity tokens to the best review
2: that we read under iTunes in next episode.